NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's STP Throwback Week as we get set for racing at the track too tough to tame, Darlington Raceway. We'll hear from past Darlington winners Bill Elliott, Bobby Labonte, and Mark Martin on today's show. We've got rising stars in NASCAR talking about Darlington, Austin Dillon, Bubba Wallace, and others. Camping World Truck Series winner from Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Justin Haley, is here to talk about Sunday's playoff win. We'll talk fantasy racing and a whole lot more. STP Throwback Week starts right now. STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Woody Kane. Welcome to NASCAR Live. Woody Kane filling in for Mike Bagley this week. He's on special assignment, and this is STP Darlington Throwback Week here on the Motor Racing Network. On today's show, we'll hear from past Darlington Southern 500 winners like Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott, and Mark Martin. We'll also hear from Sunday's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series winner, Justin Haley, who opened up the truck playoffs with a victory. He's got a great story to tell with that dramatic finish at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Denny Hamlin's crew chief, Mike Wheeler, will be along to tell us how to set a car up at Darlington and make it fast there. Brad Kozlowski's spotter, Joey Meyer, will be here to break down this weekend's race. And we've got this weekend NASCAR history, a preview of this weekend's Bojangles Southern 500, and much more. To get it started this week, Kyle Rickey is here with the latest NASCAR news. Kyle? Woody, Richard Childress Racing unveiled their throwback scheme this week for NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Matt Tift for Saturday's race at the Darlington Raceway. Tift will pilot a scheme made famous by longtime NASCAR independent driver Dave Marcus, a scheme in which he ran during the 1976 season. Marcus has been a longtime friend of RCR team owner Richard Childress, while his nephew, Bob Marcus, currently serves as the head of suspension for RCR's NASCAR Xfinity Series teams. The race is set for Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern here on MRN, part of STP Throwback Week here on the Motor Racing Network. And Chase Elliott will be in that NASCAR Xfinity Series race as GMS Racing announced that Spencer Gallagher will not be able to return from a shoulder injury. In fact, Elliott will drive the team's number 23 car this week in Darlington and next week at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. For more on Throwback Weekend at the track Too Tough to Tame, 
cmrn.com. Woody? Thanks, Kyle. Coming up next, Sunday's winner at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Justin Haley, will join us. Later, Denny Hamlin's crew chief, Mike Wheeler, will be here. Your car has lots of lights. You've got headlights, interior lights, the light that comes on when you open your glove box. But there's one light that's the pest of the bunch, your check engine light. And at AutoZone, we have the tools to help you troubleshoot the real problem for free. Whether it's something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap, you'll get a MyZone health report to help save you money and hassle down the road. So if your check engine light comes on, come on over to AutoZone and let's get you what you need. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up next, Camping World Truck Series winner from Canada, Justin Haley, will join us. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. Todd Gilliland trying to hold off teammate Noah Gregson for the final time in turn 10. He wiggles. Here comes Gregson to the inside. They make contact. They both spin off turn 10. Justin Haley diving to the inside. Another classic Canada finish. And Justin Haley has won the Chevrolet Silverado 250. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. That's the way it sounded on Sunday at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park when Justin Haley went to victory lane for the second time this season. And two guys in front of him got to fighting, and Justin was in the right place at the right time, and he joins us now. Justin, congratulations on that victory, that fraternal order of Eagles Chevrolet. It felt pretty sweet to win the Chevy Silverado 250, I know. But what were you thinking going into the end of that race? Because I don't think we've had a drama-free end at that track, have we? No, not uh, not that I can remember. I've been telling everyone that all week history repeats itself, and I feel like it always comes down there to Canada. And uh, just putting yourself in, in a position to attack there um, late in the race, you, you just gotta, um, like I said, just put yourself in position. And, and we did that. Um, you know, we had a pretty solid race. We finished third in, in both the early stages, and we're sitting there third on the last lap. It's about the speed we had, and um, came down to the last corner, and we were sitting in the catbird seat and uh, took advantage of it. After you got by and saw those guys spinning, were you going, I can't believe this just happened, or were you thinking, I knew something was going to happen and I just needed to be there and wait for it? Yeah, well, I knew uh, I knew something was going to happen. Uh, you know, obviously, you're you're racing up there pretty aggressive for the win, and uh, we had that, that green-white checkered, and, um, you know, I restarted third, and Noah had a really fast truck, and so did Ty, and um, I kind of let Noah go so he could go um, try to run down Todd because I know I didn't have the speed, so... Um, I knew he was going to be aggressive during the last lap and, and do we had to do to get a win. And um, I just kind of played in our hands. My uh, spotter told me that they were probably going to get into each other. And, and then, uh, you know, he said, go low, go low. And uh, backed out of it, rolled out. And uh, as soon as I cleared it up, it was, it was pretty cool. It was a bunch of screaming on the radio. So, um, it, yeah, it was a pretty cool feeling. Um, I haven't got that lucky in a long time. Yeah, but, you know, you look back, that might be karma kind of paying you back for the Xfinity Series race that, that got away. Does this kind of make up for that a little bit, or were you just uh, happy that you ran so well in that Xfinity Series? Has that kind of been uh, 
uh, a sore spot for you up until now, or you've been focusing on your your main gig? You know, it was uh, it was tough for you know a few days, but I got over it. Um, you know, it's just kind of how it happens, and um, you know, I got a lot of good press from it, and really kind of showed what was what was on the table here um, at GMS and, and myself. So um, this kind of helped cap that off, and uh, you know, move on, move on. Uh, you know, the rest away from that that uh, hurtful victory, I guess you could call it, but. Um, you know, it's just super cool. I, I've been road course racing a lot over the past year, few years, and um, I've never won a road course race in my life. I've, I've finished second, you know, tens, handfuls of times, and uh, never can do it. I've got plenty of track records at, at so many tracks around the country, and I, I just couldn't get the monkey off my back. So um, this means a lot to my family. We've tried hard for a road course win, and, and uh, it's super cool. I, I'm smiling from you here. I bet. I bet you are. Why do you think that track produces so much late race drama? Because as we talked about, there hasn't been a single race there that hasn't ended with something crazy. You know, I don't know. It's just fast, and uh, the competition's super close in the truck series. And like I said, we're all we're all young. I think the average age of the winner is like eighteen point eight or something crazy like that. Um, which I heard I raised it up since I'm nineteen. So yeah, uh, all six people... drivers under twenty. Uh, nobody over twenty has won there. Yeah, so that's, it's just pretty crazy. Um, you know, Ron Fellows and everyone up there at Mossport have done a great job, and, and the track's good and uh, fast. And, you know, obviously with, with the differing motors yesterday, it was a little tougher for us Elmore guys to run with those OEM open motors. And, you know, it's just a fun racetrack overall. It's got a lot of a lot of characteristic uh, corners that, you know, are very different from other road courses around the country. Now, this propels you into the next round, round two of the, the playoffs in the Camping World Truck Series. I was looking back at some stats. You had a crash earlier at Vegas this year, but a lot of guys have a lot of confidence going there. But then Martinsville and Texas, uh, in the next round, you got a top ten at Martinsville and a, and a third at Texas. And you got to be thinking the stats-wise and comfort level-wise, this, this schedule is kind of lining up pretty well for you, don't you? Yeah, I told everyone at Media Day, um, you know, how the playoffs line up for the 24 team are phenomenal. Um, I said Mossport is is one of our best tracks and went out there and won. And Talladega, um, we ran really good there last year. We finished second at Daytona um, in the truck series. So um, round one wasn't going to be an issue. Then we go to round two. Uh, Martinsville is our weak link. We haven't really ran the best there. No, we got a top ten, but um, you always want more. And then Texas has always been phenomenal for us. I don't think I've ever finished a race outside the top six or five there. Mm. Um, just really have, have fit well with me and my crew chief and, and Phoenix we run really good at as well. So um, if we can make it through the round of six and go to Homestead, I think that's, that's probably our most challenging track, unfortunately, but um, I'm sure we'll get it figured out. You didn't run the full schedule last season. This time you are uh, coming into it, and now that you, you're getting some some tracks that you've been to before and have a, a comfort level at, also you had a top ten at, at Homestead last year. The way this thing is setting up, when you come back to some of these tracks for the second time now that you've been there before, uh, you know you, you might want to say something like Vegas. The track's going to be significantly different uh, heat-wise when you go back. But are there things that you've kind of stuck in the back of your mind, the cards you're looking to play when you go back to these tracks again? Yeah, I think all the tracks in the in the playoffs, I've been to multiple times at this point, so that helps me. Um, you know, obviously experience is king and, and uh, always helps the weekend go better. And I feel like I always run better somewhere where I do have experience and, and know what to to expect when we unload off the hauler and how to set the truck up. So um, that always helps. And also, I think the biggest thing is just knowing what me and my crew chief like at that track together. Um, you know, there's five teammates here at GMS, and 
and we're all fast on something different. So um, I can have what Johnny has and not be fast, or I can have what, you know, Cody has and be fast. So um, it's just difficult, and we've kind of found what I like, and uh, we've been sticking to it and running good. There you go. Justin Haley goes to victory lane in the nut number 24 for Turtle Order of Eagles Chevrolet at GMS Racing, and he is advancing to round number two. Justin, congratulations, and we appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Denny Hamlin's crew chief, Mike Wheeler, and later, Bobby Labonte joins us. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com or on the track this week at Darlington Raceway. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com. A big weekend coming up on the Motor Racing Network from Darlington Raceway. First practice comes your way Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. We'll also have a practice session Friday at 4 Eastern time. Qualifying is Saturday. That starts at 2 Eastern time. Also on Saturday, the Xfinity Series race. The Sport Clips Haircuts VFW 200 comes your way at 3 Eastern. And Sunday, a little bit of a different time for the Bojangles Southern 500. 5 Eastern time, the start time for that here on the Motor Racing Network. Denny Hamlin's crew chief Mike Wheeler will join us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. Here comes Denny Hamlin for the final time at the back straightaway. Lap traffic in the rear view mirror. He'll dial up the outside line. Denny Hamlin looking to be a champion here in Darlington. Get out the brooms because he is going to sweep Darlington for the weekend. He won yesterday, and Denny Hamlin has won the Bojangles Southern 500 for the second time in his career. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. Thanks for joining us this week here on NASCAR Live. This weekend, we head to the track too tough to tame. But the crew chief that did it one year ago is Mike Wheeler with Denny Hamlin up behind the wheel. And I caught up with him recently and asked him, what does it take to make a car go fast at Darlington? Uh, I would say a lot of grip and a good driver. Um, you know, it's definitely a different animal compared to some of these trucks to go to, which is actually kind of fun. Um, but at the same point, you basically take your notes from last year and just kind of Go back to it and uh, do all you can to get all the grip you can. Uh, make sure that your tire fall-off isn't too bad and the driver can manage the, the tires accordingly. Different ends of the racetrack there, and a lot of people say, for example, at Pocono, you have to try and compromise somewhere to be good on the others. Is it a similar case at Darlington? Yeah, I would say so. Um, ultimately, you want to be able to have maneuverability to go, you know, be able to run top and three and four as well as a lane or two down uh, in order to pass guys. If you can't pass anybody there, you're usually in trouble. Um, because tire fall is such a big deal um, as you lose seconds over the course of a run. You need to be able to save your tires in the short run to be able to pass guys in the long run. So if you can't maneuver around traffic, it's, uh, you know, it's all for naught if you can save your tires. Um, ultimately, you try to make sure you're um, screwing up an entry. You can get pretty free into turn three, 
Um, but getting off turn two with a lot of speed to get on the back straightaway kind of sets up the whole kind of racetrack. So uh, it is four different corners. Um, but at the same point, it's kind of a challenge. But it actually makes good, good, good drivers and good teams separate from other guys. Is it true what everybody says that you can't worry about the competition there? You have to just focus on the track itself and block all that other stuff out? Uh, I'd say it's probably true in the fact that if you end up trying to race a guy harder than you should, you usually pay the price in the long run. Um, it's easy to kind of overstep your tires on the track and kind of hit the fence. So you're only a few inches away from it. So uh, as much as you try to try to pass a guy or, or you know run a guy hard, um, one little slip and you uh, kind of damage your car and you're actually slower than what you were before. At a lot of these tracks, especially repaves and things like that, and a harder tire, that they don't chew up that much, and it gives you some more strategy cars to play because you don't have to take tires. What are the strategy thoughts that go through your mind about Darlington? Yeah, Darlington's one of those places that you actually try to manage your allotment for tires. Uh, I don't know what it is at the top of my head right now, but... You know, you can't pit every five or ten laps for tires because you just don't have enough of them. Even uh, if your driver's screaming. Yeah, even if your driver's <laughs> screaming. So you try to put it on his head that you cannot abuse him on three-lap tires, you know. Obviously, if you can get a position for the lead or, or set the pace, that, that's fine. Um, but there'll be there's usually an instance where you get eight laps into a run or ten laps into a run where the cost comes out and you want tires. Um, and it might split the field up because, you know, the guys that back half of the field might come get tires and then go you know, long green flag run might make those guys get back up front. Um, but ultimately, you try to manage your uh, your allotment of tires to make sure you have enough to end, end the race. And then if a caution comes out in the middle of that, you throw all those plans right in the trash, don't you? Yeah, without a doubt. That's what, that's what makes it interesting for, like, uh, fans and frustrating for us is you try to do the right thing to make sure you can kind of have good tires in the race so that every 20 laps, 25 laps, you can actually put tires on. Uh, but depending on the caution flags and depending on the pit sequence, uh, you can definitely get yourself in trouble. That's Mike Wheeler, the crew chief for Denny Hamlin. Joining us now, the host of the Inside Line Fantasy Racing Show, if you're looking to get your lineup set this weekend. It's been a week off, so you've had a little extra time to study, so heading to the track Too Tough to Tame, what do you got to do for your lineup? Well, there wasn't too much studying because you just had to play the big three, basically, uh, for your first five if you saved them all, all year. Like That's I the have. key, though, right? I right. mean, if you spin them now, you're, you're kind of in trouble. Right. So allocation has been a tough thing the past couple of weeks. We've had you know road courses, wild card races, Bristol. You probably have saved a couple of the big three members. So I've done a pretty good job this year of saving Kyle Busch, Truex, and Kevin Harvick for weekends like this. This is the week you play them. I think Eric Jones is a good dark horse, finished fifth the last time we were there. I think the Gibbs cars are going to be really good there. Denny Hamlin, of course, the defending winner. Um, so I think probably starting the Toyota camp, though, the Chevys have been faster of late. Yeah, they really have. And uh, we mentioned that Denny Hamlin won it last year. That turned out to be an encumbered finish. Does that have impact on fantasy when it when it turns out to be an encumbered finish? It does not, and that that's kind of a sore subject because I wish it did. Oh, I, mean, I bet, yeah. Let's be honest. If that happened in another sport, it probably wouldn't count on fantasy racing. You would probably know before the, the event was over. But, um, nope, it does not have impact. So if someone has an illegal race car like Hamlin did last year, though we have seen less penalties this year, which is mm -hmm. nice, but if they do, you still get the points. You mentioned the Chevrolets. Are they coming into their own now, or is it just a little too late for them to make a real push here fantasy-wise? Well, I think Chase Elliott surely has. I feel like he's really good at Darlington. He won the first race he ever raced there in the Xfinity Series. So I feel like Chase Elliott could be good this week. Austin Dillon and Ryan Newman were really good in this race last year. and It seems to be places that wear out tires easily. RCR seems to be a little bit better. So I feel like especially in DraftKings, if you're playing that, you might get some passing points out of the RCR cars this week because they haven't been qualifying well. 
All right, tell the folks how they can catch your show on a weekly basis if they want to set their fantasy fields. So Fridays typically at noon. If MRN has practice on MRN.com, then we'll be an hour before that usually. So uh, at Darlington this week, uh, we'll have all the stats, information, everything you need to know on the Inside Line Fantasy Racing Show. All right, that's Tyler Burnett. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Brad Kozlowski's spotter Joey Meyer joins us to talk about this weekend's race and later... Bobby Labonte. I'm former crew chief and STP auto expert Steve Letarte. Does your engine feel like it's down on power? It could be caused by deposits on fuel injectors, engine valves, and combustion chambers. An easy way to help clean up your fuel system and restore lost power is through the gas tank with STP Ultra 5-in-1 Fuel System Cleaner. One bottle contains three times the amount of cleaning agents versus the leading premium gasoline to help keep your engine running strong. STP, inside every great machine. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents and 35 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. I'm not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that onion to bloom. And it get in my senses like a sonic boom. No rules, just right. So cold, so nice. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. If you're looking for more power under the hood, start at the gas tank with STP Ultra 5-in-1 Fuel System Cleaner. STP, inside every great machine. Brad Kozlowski's spotter Joey Meyer joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. Welcome back to STP Throwback Week here on NASCAR Live. I'm Woody Kane, joined by Joey Meyer, who is my co-host on MRN Motorsports Monday, new edition every Monday at noon, and then it lives at MRN.com after that and on our YouTube channel. You can also catch the live version at Facebook Live. And, Joey, welcome to the program. As as for folks who don't know, you're the spotter for Brad Keselowski. Absolutely. Been uh, been spotting for Brad since 2010. We've had some success over there at Team Penske, but STP Throwback Weekend is coming upon us. Darlington, STP, scientifically treated petroleum. Ah, you did your homework yeah, did before homework. you came in here. All Nin- right. 1953, one of the few things that have been around as long as Darlington. There you go. So it's going to be fantastic. I love all the paint schemes. But before we look at Darlington, let's look back a little bit because a couple of compelling road races this past weekend, particularly Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, where once again we had drama at the finish between two teammates this time. You know, for a number of years, uh, a gentleman named Ron Fellows would infiltrate the Bush Series or the NASCAR, I like that. <laughs> or the NASCAR Cup Series, and he was really, really good. He was mm-hmm. never able to capture a victory through a set of circumstances, uh, un, not of his own doing, um, but he always ran really good for different race teams. They brought him in, and he really started. Him and Boris said were the road course ringers. Mm-hmm. Well, who else better to own the track up in Canada than Ron Fellows? Mm-hmm. We share the same birthday, September 28th. Are you really? Yeah, that's kind All of a right. cool trivia. So he created or he manages now a great, great racing facility that we've seen some fantastic races and some very unfortunate endings uh, at that last corner. If you're one of them if, involved, exactly, maybe, but if you're a fan, you don't think it's so unfortunate. Exactly. Justin Haley's team thinks it's a great ending, right, where mm-hmm. the Todd Todd team and, and – uh, Todd Gilliland and, uh, and, and Noah, Noah Gregson, Gregson yeah. they don't think it's so good, but the, the, the track offers fantastic racing, and it's what we saw put on coming to the checker flag. We've seen multiple 
events like that in the past, and the track will continue to race well. Was there a right and a wrong here? I mean, we, we've seen all the way back to when Chase Elliott and Ty Dillon got together. A couple of years ago, it was Cole Custer uh, and John Hunter Nemechek. Then we saw Austin Sendrick last year with Kaz Grala, and now this. Is there a right and a wrong in, in these types of situations? You know, it depends on what side of the fence you're going to be on. There is no right or wrong answer, but I, I always like to think of it this way. If I'm driver A and I make driver B make a decision and I force a decision by him Mm -hmm. and he doesn't make the decision that's good for me, was it a bad decision? Was it a wrong decision from driver B? And that's what you're, as a driver, you don't want to put driver B in a position to make a decision because it may not be the one you like. Racing is a selfish sport, very selfish. I have it. I want to keep it away from you. I have it. You want to take it from me. It's selfish. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, those guys work for the same race team, and sometimes the bigger picture is more important. I work for Roger Penske over at Team Penske. Mr. Penske's always talking about strength and size. Stop taking away and being selfish and thinking about yourself, which would be your individual race team. Mm-hmm. Let's think about as a bigger company. The organization. It would yeah. have been better for KBM which is who you're working for, for them to finish first and second. Mm -hmm. If I'm on Noah Grayson's team, I applaud his enthusiasm. If I'm on Todd Gilliland's team, Mm -hmm. I don't applaud his enthusiasm. I'm very, very mad. And that's what they're going to discuss. Unfortunately, they don't race for another three weeks, and they'll have plenty of conversations about it. Isn't that something? All this intensity built up, and now we've got to wait until Vegas for those guys to race again. But here's one I wanted to get your perspective on. I haven't heard the audio from what the spotters were saying. If you're Todd Gilliland's spotter, what are you telling him there? Oh, you're trying to tell him right side, right side, right side, but everything happens. You know, that's such a very, very, very quick. You could be screaming for a straightaway. Uh, that truck is coming. Todd did not get off that second to the last corner very well. He wasn't in a, uh, a dominant position to enter the next corner. There was a slight amount of weakness. Noah was able to capture the weakness and establish a lane momentarily. And then Todd was trying to enter the corner the way he needed to to exit to bring the truck home to victory lane. It's racing, man. This is mm-hmm. racing. This is not about a ballet, and I'm just trying not to step on your toes, right? Mm-hmm. We're not partners in this deal. These guys are, even though they work for the same team, they are still trying to take what the other one had. I, I enjoy your ballet shoes here you got on, by the way. Very that's nice. really cool. That's it. Uh, now we head to Darlington, the track that's too tough to tame. The Cup Series is back this weekend with the Bojangles Southern 500. Why is Darlington too tough to tame? You know, it's interesting. It's one of the few tracks that we preach on the radio, race the track not the guy in front of you. Race the track. Mm -hmm. If you attack the racetrack too much, she reaches out and bites you because of the unique egg shape. If you take an egg and you stand it up on end, it's smaller at the top and bigger on the bottom. It's a very unique track. One of our fastest racetracks for a number of years back in the day, built back in the late 50s, early 60s, has been around for a long time. The configuration hasn't changed. We did swap front stretch and back stretch, Mm -hmm. but once you get going around in circles, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter matter. So turns one and two used to be three and four. Now Mm -hmm. they're one and two. It doesn't matter. And the only addition they've done is added the safer wall. Everybody was really concerned about, well, I'm already hitting the wall. Now we're just going to hit it more. No, guys move their line down by three or four feet, whatever the softer wall was. But you have to get against the wall in turns one and two to be able to stand on the gas. As you come around turn two, the track comes out. It doesn't maintain its same radius, and you have to actually turn off the wall to get down the backstretch. Mm-hmm. If your car doesn't turn off the wall, you go into the wall. On that. Yeah, and that's not good. Not that's good. the Darlington stride. Exactly. Now, three and four, which used to be years ago, one and two, three and four, you can race a little bit wider. You can actually be on the very bottom of the track on the apron as if you were coming to pit road, 
and race that track or all the way up against the wall. So three and four is exactly a perfect scenario for racing because it'll offer up two, three, and potentially four wide racing. But if you get too wrapped up in trying to catch the guy in front of you, you forget the track will come out and bite you. Too tough to tame, lady in black, you will get a Darlington stripe. And most cars sitting in victory lane have a little bit of a stripe on the right rear side of that car. We mentioned it's STP throwback week and heading into Darlington. One of the cool things is seeing all the paint schemes. What's up at Team Penske? What do you guys have? Years ago, uh, Rusty Wallace had a very good-looking Pontiac with a black and gold, not the black and yellow Miller Genuine draft, but a Miller Genuine or a Miller uh, car that was now black and gold, and we're going to have that paint scheme mm. and associated uniforms and such have you. Guys are growing their mustaches You're wearing your bell-bottoms? Well, I don't know about bell-bottoms, but we're going to have different, <laughs> different uniforms. Uh, I am growing my hair out. What? Well, on this my, is an outrage. I don't think that can happen. Neither you or I can do that. It's only on my back. Uh, <laughs> uh, can you get it to move up <laughs> no. and get on top of your head? It's going to be a comb over. <laughs> <laughs> From your back? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be ugly. Yeah. Uh, heading into Darlington this weekend, it's always cool to see all the nostalgia and history there. But ultimately, we get down to the race. You mentioned the cup side. On the Xfinity side, does it make a lot of difference strategy-wise, how you attack it-wise, that it's a shorter race? You know, one of the things you have to be careful of is, A, not running out of tires. Because every time you're going to caution is going to come out, you're going to want to pit. So the Xfinity series, with their limited number of tires, they're going to have a balancing act of being able to get to the end of the stages and then put their tires on. Or if cautions come out in between, will you put your tires on? Everybody wants to take tires every time the caution comes mm-hmm. out. And that's one of the strategies at the Xfinity series because of their limited number of tires. They really run the risk of running out of tires in that last long stage. And if you don't have tires at Darlington, you are done. There you go. That's Joey Meyer. He's the spotter for Brad Keselowski. And he and I co-host MRN Motorsports Monday every Monday at noon, the new edition on MRN.com, Facebook Live, and YouTube. The shows live there as well. If you want to catch up on this week's program, Justin Allgaier is the guest. Make sure you join us for that. Coming up next, we'll chat with Bobby Labonte. NASCAR fans, it's time to race up to Darlington Raceway for Throwback Weekend, where we're going back in time on and off the track. Everybody is so excited to see what's going to happen today. There will be concerts. The electricity is in the air. The fan zone. And, of course, loads of... Watch drivers try and master the track that's too tough to tame. It's the Bojangles Southern 500 Live at Darlington Raceway, Sunday, September 2nd. Get your tickets by calling 866-459-RACE or visiting DarlingtonRaceway.com now. Kyle Petty here. My friends at Click & Close, the official mortgage provider of NASCAR, have stepped up this year to support Victory Junction through the fastest lap of the race program on NASCAR radio. So join our team. Go to clickandclose.com slash NASCAR today to donate $43 or more and help us give the gift of camp to children with serious medical conditions. That's clickandclose.com slash NASCAR. And just look for the Victory Junction logo. Thanks to Click & Close and NASCAR radio for their support this season. We'll hear from the 2000 Southern 500 winner, Bobby Labonte, next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. Bobby Labonte has won the Pepsi Southern 500 here at the Darlington Raceway in a day that threw about everything you could imagine at us and a weekend that threw about everything you could imagine at Bobby Labonte and the Interstate Batteries Pontiac team. He hit the wall in practice on Friday morning, came in here, knew this was a serious threat, to his championship point lead, bounced back with a backup car, had to take a provisional to get in the race, went through several stages in the race, and finally, with a lightning-fast pit stop the last time in, beat everybody off the pit road, and it turns out he scores the win because the rain came before the race ended. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. 
That's the way it sounded back in 2000 when Bobby Labonte went to Victory Lane at Darlington. That was also the year he won the championship, and we're headed back to Darlington this weekend for the Bojangles Southern 500. Bobby Labonte joins us on the guest line now. And, Bobby, well, that's got to bring back a lot of memories. That was a special season you had back in 2000. Yeah, it really was. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but I know it's the years keep adding up. But uh, definitely a, a great time, and, and we um, – you know that was a that was a great win for us. That was a great great year. We had a great run for about two or three years, and uh, you know that we were just seemed like we we could be the fastest guy uh, for the most part, or at least we were fast enough for people watching us. So but that was a good race, and Darlington was always a good place for me. Since we're headed there this weekend, what is a kind of a lasting uh, memory you have of racing at that track? Everybody says you have to race the track and not your competitors and how tough it is, but it's a, a little bit different after the repay, but starting to get some of its character back now. Yeah, I can uh, I, I can tell you the first time I went there uh, in a Bush Car National car, uh, I think we were parked really close to Martin Martin, and so he comes over there from the cup car and he gets in his Bush car and he runs wide open through at that point in time, three and four. Hmm. And uh, I looked at my dad and I said, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> There's no way that I can run wide open through that corner. And, and it was, uh, but, you know, it was one of those places, too, for me, uh, kind of short track racing for a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of fell into a mile or mile and a half type of racetrack and fell in love with them. And I ended up, I think, I, I don't know that I finished the top 10 that time, but I, I, I seemed like I always ran good there. And, and I, I don't know why. And, um, but, you know, just know that, uh, you know, race to racetrack was what I was always told. And, you know, I know that I've I've done both. I've raced to racetrack and finished good, and I've tried to race other people and crash. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely, it's definitely one of those places you um, – it lives up to its name, too tough to tame. And I've done both, and it seemed like, you know, it's hard to run um, all the time there or year after year and, and not find yourself trying to race other guys, other guys and, and forget to race to racetrack and get a Darlington stripe. Yeah, habits are hard to break. That's what you do every week, and then there you have to kind of go against the grain. It's really nuts. Yeah, it really is. And uh, you know what I've seen? I've seen old pavement. I've seen new pavement. I've seen the new pavement get old. I think I've seen new pavement again. <laughs> and uh, and I know one time I should have won a race against Jeff Gordon there, and he he got in the wall a little bit, so I took the lead, and I was like, dude, I'm leading. And about three laps later, I get in the wall, and I was like, <laughs> well, okay, here we go. So he goes back to lead, and we, we swap back and forth, and. You know, but you always see good races there, and, and that's what it's all about. And, and, you know, I think that's the the size of the racetrack and the, the deterioration of the uh, of the asphalt where it's, you know, it gets slippery. And it's only one groove, but people make it two and three wide, and, you know, you're able to do that there. And the year that we won, we came from the back. We didn't lead a lot, but we we ended up – actually, we didn't lead to the end. And um, when we had a great pit stop, and we got out in the lead, and it started raining, and Earnhardt was mad. <laughs> I was. I had a confrontation with my crew chief throughout the day. It was like pit, don't pit. Looks like it's going to rain. And I mean, it was just, you know, to me, it, Darlington's one of those what we see today, like a road course like Canada yesterday, and and like um, you know short tracks. I mean, it, it, it lends to some great excitement and and battles throughout the race all over the racetrack. No question about it. Well, listen, why we wanted to talk to you is you've got a, a charity bike ride coming up in the High Point, North Carolina area that looks like it's going to be a really cool event on September 8th. Tell folks about it and how they can get involved. Well, first of all, I'll say that you need to go to BobbyTheBonnieFoundation.org, and I'll, I'll say that again in case um, you don't, but I'll say that again here in a minute. But anyway, if you go there to the website, you'll see more about it. And we have a – this is a – I think it's the seventh or eighth year of this – of what we've done and we've done it in Thomasville and Trinity for a couple or for a few years. We've done it at high point last year. And again, high point this year. And it's just, 
it's a charity bike ride that um, you know a lot of people do around here. We try to support, and they support us. And uh, we've got three uh, uh, three foundations that that we're trying that we're helping out. And um, this year we had a lot of grant recipients or grants sent in, mm-hmm. and uh, we got Ready for School, Ready for Life, High Point Leap, Millis Health Found, uh, Health Education Center is a three real quick. But if you go online, check it out. Uh, we're going to have uh, the rate. The ride's going to start at 7:30. Uh, it comes back. We've got um, music. Uh, we've got um, bands throughout the day. Throughout the day, High Fest in High Point. Uh, we've got a 5K for the Heart and Soul 5K for the hospital. Uh, in High Point here, mm-hmm. uh, we've got vendors coming out. Uh, we've got food trucks. We've got uh, beer garden. Um, you know, there'll be a kids race for for bicycles. So it's an all day event, and uh, so we're really excited about it. And this is the first time we we hooked up with High Fest, and the the people from High Point called us and want to know if we would want to do that because it kind of it helps everybody out if we could do it all in one day. And the charity bike ride is you know we've done we've had great things. We have great success with it. Uh, we've been able to give back to the community and, again, uh, giving back to those three foundations uh, like we did last year, uh, three different ones. We get to do it again. We have a uh, cocktail reception. If you're not a cyclist, you want to come to the cocktail reception on Friday night, we're having that in High Point at Pandora's Manor. We've got a silent auction. We get to raise a lot of money that way. So a lot of people in High Point don't want to ride their bikes, but they want to come and, and have a good time and see what their money's going towards. So uh, so a lot of great things with that going on. and. We got a uh, VIP ride. Freddie Rodriguez is coming in. He's a um, world champion cyclist that has raced the Tour de France and wow. uh, won the U.S. Nationals I think four years in a row. And he was here last year as well. So we're giving kids bikes away. We got 80 kids bikes. Actually, I'm looking at the boxes right now in my garage. Uh oh, <laughs> you feel like <laughs> so Santa Claus, don't bikes. you? <laughs> yeah, we feel like yeah, I feel like Santa Claus. We got 80 kids bikes to give away in Thomas Built Bus, which is located right here in High Point, which mm-hmm. is kind of People don't know that, but if your kid rides a school bus, I'm going to say chances are it was built right here in High Point. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go there on Wednesday and Thursday, and we're going to build bikes, and we're going to give them, to, give them away at the uh, um, YMCA. I think I think there's a couple YMCAs in the Boys and Girls Clubs at High Point. So we've got 80 bikes going to different uh, groups around here, and Freddie's a part of that. And So that, that it really is exciting, and it kind of hits me at home when we're about 10 days away. It gets exciting for me to know that I could see it all happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so last year we had about 200 riders. We've had up to 250. Last year we changed uh, format, so uh, hopefully it'll be a great day. Weather-wise, we've already got over 100 registered, which is usually people wait till the last minute. And uh, But we want you to register and want you to come out and enjoy the day, not just the bike ride, but if you want to do the 5K, if you want to bring your kids. We've got a kid zone. we got um, – like I said, we got food trucks, we got music uh, throughout the day at High Fest. So it'll be a great day. Well, Bobby, listen, we appreciate your time and good luck with the charity bike ride. That is the BobbyLabaniFoundation.org. You can check that out. It's Saturday, September 8th. Make sure you go there to get more information. Bobby, we appreciate your time and, uh, man, stay busy. Okay, thank you. There you go. That's Bobby Labonte. Coming up next, we'll hear from five-time Darlington winner Bill Elliott, and later we'll look back at 25 years ago at Darlington Raceway with Mark Martin. I'm former crew chief and STP auto expert Steve Letarte. Does your engine feel like it's down on power? It could be caused by deposits on fuel injectors, engine valves, and combustion chambers. An easy way to help clean up your fuel system and restore lost power is through the gas tank with STP Ultra 5-in-1 Fuel System Cleaner. One bottle contains three times the amount of cleaning agents versus the leading premium gasoline to help keep your engine running strong. 
STP, inside every great machine. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents and 35 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. In order to maximize a vehicle's performance and efficiency, the proper adjustments need to be made based on the road ahead. That's true for both race car drivers on the track and for truck drivers hauling freight on the highway. But if your truck's equipped with a Detroit DT12 automated manual transmission with intelligent powertrain management, adjustments are made automatically based on GPS terrain mapping, maximizing performance and efficiency. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at demanddetroit.com. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville is next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. Welcome back. It's STP Throwback Week here on the Motor Racing Network, and we're counting down to one of the biggest weekends of the year, the Darlington Bojangles Southern 500. Bill Elliott won there an astounding five times in his cup career. Over the weekend at Road America, Winston Kelly caught up with Awesome Bill as he raced there and talked to him about his experiences at Darlington Raceway. The checkered flag is out. Bill Elliott wins the Southern 500 at Darlington. Well, it, it's a fantastic place. I enjoyed I enjoyed there. And, and, you know, to kind of tell you the truth, the last time I think I was in a rookie meet and was there other than here this weekend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's pretty wild. I think Daryl did the crew chief did the rookie meeting there and then I was in the rookie meeting here and I think there was 19 other rookies in there with me so and then one gal said uh, the, the girl that's in it she said uh, said well I, I think I was born the year you won the championship and I said oh that makes me feel real good so but anyway the but getting back to Darlington Darlington's always a fun racetrack I always enjoyed that weekend I, I had I had a lot of success there. I always seemed to run well every time I ever showed up at Darlington. It was a kind of racetrack that, that just kind of fit me like a glove. Um, I looked up to Pearson and the guys that run well there and kind of tried to mimic what I did after those guys. But but it, it's a cool weekend, uh, you know, to get the throwback weekend and see some of the old paint schemes and, and the things that kind of brought the era of racing into modern times and and you look back at all that stuff and it, it's a it's a cool place you're talking about that racetrack fitting your style you seem to embody the race the racetrack you got to be patient there describe to the listeners what that really looks like and means well you know darlington was a place that the racetrack would bite you faster than racing the competitors you know and and the bad thing about darlington was the way the racetrack used to be in years past was it was it was a racetrack that you had to race a racetrack but but lap traffic and the way you called them and the way you did things really dictated how the race unfolded you know it's definitely changed over the years it's been i think it's come become more raceable than it had been in, in my early career because of the way they used to they used to put this sealer on the track that was just really slick and until you wore a groove into it it was hard to get around it and you know usually you would run faster pace at the end of the race than you would at the beginning so but today it, it's you know the driving styles are different the cars are different you know the racetrack has has changed quite a bit you know they flipped the the, where it used to be the start finish line from the front to the back and vice versa so you know it gives a little bit dyna different dynamics to the track but it's still Darlington. And Chase has a pretty 
sentimental family paint scheme this weekend too, or this this coming weekend too. Yeah, he's going to run uh, my nephew Casey's paint scheme back from when he was running uh, some. He ran late model some, and he ran some Xfinity stuff, which was Bush back in that day. And uh, Casey was a good kid. He ended up passing away with cancer at 21, and we really miss him. He was. He was such a unique individual. He was, everybody liked him. He was just a fun kid to be around. And, and he just, bless his heart, he went through an awful lot there at the very end. And, but he was a good racer and, and he had a good future. And just unfortunately that wasn't, wasn't where he, you know, what God gave him to do, you know, at the end of the day. That's NASCAR Hall of Famer Bill Elliott. And we sure look forward to seeing that paint scheme this weekend, as well as all the others at Darlington. Earlier this year, the Motor Racing Network featured a 10-part series called the 1993 season, 25 years later. In that podcast series, we look back at all the events of that season, including Mark Martin's run of four victories in a row, the last of which came in the Southern 500 at Darlington. Uh, four bush poles and three straight wins. You can't get much hotter than that right now. Mark Martin, it's the Southern 500, one of the traditional races. Can you make it four in a row here? Well, you know, we might. Uh, you know, I believe that I truly believe that beating the competition will be easier than beating the odds. You know, the odds, the, every time you win one in a row, it, uh, the odds go up that it's just not, not going to be possible next time due to, you know, all the other things. But this Valvoline team is, has gotten a step ahead of the competition for right now. We're on a roll, felt no pressure, knew our stuff was good. Things were coming together. We weren't running out of gas. Um, it seemed like we had weather. It got late. I remember it got late. And and Brett Bodine had and drove the race of his life. I had my hands full with Brett. Mark Martin riding an unbelievable winning streak, trying to make another one here this afternoon. White flag for him as Brett Bodine tries to chase him down. He's got one final try at it as they go to turn one. Whenever there's... There's laps left on the table, and you're running second. You think you can do it, you know. And and we were much better than we had been all day right at that point of the race. Not saying we were going to get by Mark because he was the dominant car at that time of the race. He was really running well. And and I believe he had just come off of a winning streak. I think he won three or four in a row. And, he you know, he was the guy to beat right at that point of the season. Not saying we would have had anything for him, but... I would have liked to have lined up behind him and gave it a go, but, yeah, it was run second. You know, Darlington, to me, personally, would have been a bigger win than a Daytona 500 or anything else because Darlington was, is so tough and, and has so much history in our sport. And back then, if you won at Darlington, you got a preferred parking spot right on pit road. You got your name up on the fence and... You never had to worry about a parking. And I always wanted one of those parking spots right there on Pitt Road. He has waited all day after a three-hour rain delay at 7.30 Eastern time in the evening. Mark Martin makes it four wins in a row. I didn't realize when I won it because we were on such a row that I, I, I it never, ever, it, it was 10 years or 15 probably before I realized that I had won the Southern 500. It was just another race. And, you know, you were bombarded and overwhelmed by press and uh, attention and fans. Everybody was going crazy. That's from our podcast series, the 1993 season, 25 years later. 
There's much more of that weekend at Darlington as well as the rest of the season on MRN.com and on iTunes. You can download all 10 parts for free. Coming up next, we'll look back on the events of this week in NASCAR history, and later we'll preview this weekend's Bojangles Southern 500. Your car has lots of lights. You've got headlights, interior lights, the light that comes on when you open your glove box. But there's one light that's the pest of the bunch, your check engine light. And at AutoZone, we have the tools to help you troubleshoot the real problem for free. Whether it's something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap, you'll get a MyZone health report to help save you money and hassle down the road. So if your check engine light comes on, come on over to AutoZone and let's get you what you need. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic. Is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's STP Throwback Week on NASCAR Live. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. Welcome back to STP Race Week on NASCAR Live. In a moment, we'll preview this weekend's Bojangles Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. But first, let's turn back the clock on this week in NASCAR history. This week, we start in 1982. George Strait has the number one country song with full-hearted memory. In Florida, Disney World was putting the finishing touches on a new theme park called Epcot. And NASCAR was at Bristol Motor Speedway. Darrell Waltrip was unstoppable on the fast half mile, winning in the Bush 500. White flag for Waltrip. Allison in hot pursuit, about six car lengths to go. Lap traffic will be a factor. Here is Waltrip in the backstretch for the last time. James Nelson on the bottom of the racetrack. Waltrip was up around him. He will have to get by Daryl Sage in turn three. It's five car lengths and they head for four. Waltrip coming off the fourth quarter. Bobby Allison comes close, very close, about five car lengths as they cross the line and Waltrip will win the Bush 500. Move forward to 1993. Soul Asylum is on the radio with Runaway Train. The Late Show with David Letterman debuted on CBS. Bill Murray was the special guest in Billy Joel, the musical performance. NASCAR was again at Bristol Motor Speedway. Mark Martin worked his way back from two laps down to beat Rusty Wallace in the Bud 500. Rusty peeks to the inside of the Valvoline Ford. This will be the last chance, but Mark Martin slams the door. Here goes Rusty to the outside lane in three. Now he cuts to the inside. Mark Martin is going to keep him covered. Rusty gave it every shot, but Martin wins. The flash bulbs begin to pop wildly here. And we end this week in 1998. Aerosmith is red hot with I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. At the box office, Wesley Snipes is number one with Blade. And NASCAR was at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Jeff Gordon took on two tires on a late race caution and held off Mark Martin to win the Farm Aid on CMT 300. Final time down the back straightaway. Jeff Gordon got the lead on a pit stop and showed the tail of the field the rest of the way. Out of turn four for the checkers. Jeff Gordon led the final 67 laps of this race to score his ninth win of the year. Gordon wins the CMT 300. And happy birthday this week to NASCAR Hall of Famer Ray Evernham. And those are some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. 
This weekend, we're at Darlington Raceway, and for a race preview, here's Susie Armstrong. Thank you, Woody. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams throwback this week for the Labor Day Weekend Classic, the Bojangles Southern 500 at Historic Darlington Raceway. Richard Childress Racing's Austin Dillon hopes to tame the notorious 1.366-mile oval and repeat his top-five finish logged last September. It's a place that'll bite you quick, and you just got to have the right mentality going into it um, of what you're racing against. It's not necessarily the competition as much as yourself. Uh, mentally, it's a challenging place, and I love that about it. Richard Petty Motorsports driver Bubba Wallace will make his first cup start on NASCAR's original super speedway, sporting the original STP paint scheme, debuted at Riverside International Raceway in 1972. When you see all, mostly all of the cup teams be involved with the throwback weekend, um, it's pretty cool to be driving the 43. Chris Busher's JTG Doherty ride takes a different tack on throwback, honoring sponsor Bush's Beans 110th anniversary with a 1930s era logo splash on the hood and quarters. Talk about the throwback weekend and all the paint schemes and not knowing who you're racing. Uh, it's probably the best place for that to happen because you're racing the racetrack more than anything else and you're trying to, to make sure that you have something there at the end of the race. The green flies over the Bojangles Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway this Sunday just after 6 p.m. Eastern. Live coverage on the Motor Racing Network begins at 5. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Susie. And one of the things I look forward to most about Throwback Weekend is seeing all the cool paint schemes that are going to be running around the track this weekend. As we wrap up, we want to thank Justin Haley, Bobby Labonte, Mike Wheeler, Joey Meyer, Bill Elliott, and the rest of the MRN crew on this week's show. Mike Bagley will be back next week. Until then, have a great week. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Culbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.